In Exodus chapter 20, verse 17, it says, You shall not covet your neighbor's house, you shall not covet your neighbor's wife, nor his male servant, nor his female servant, nor his ox, nor his donkey, nor anything that is your neighbor's. Let's pray. Lord, prepare us now through your word and by your spirit to hear the truth and to consider our obedience to it as we prepare to come and remember your sacrifice for us. For we pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, last week I read uh, in the Shorter Catechism that the Tenth Commandment requires full contentment with our own condition, with a right and charitable frame of spirit toward our neighbor and all that is his. And today I'd like to read the next uh, part of the confession, uh, and this is about what, it, what the Tenth Commandment forbids. And it's strong, really. It forbids all discontentment. There it is. We're forbidden to be discontent. It forbids all discontent with our own estate, envying or grieving at the good of our neighbor, and all inordinate motions and affections to anything that is his. So this is a high standard, but this is a standard of the Word of God, and it's foreign, and in fact, unattainable to the unregenerate, to those who uh, are without Christ. But it's our calling. It's the calling of those redeemed by the Lamb. So we are forbidden to be discontent with our own estate. And we're also forbidden to envy the good estate of our neighbor. And here are a few verses I thought that would help uh, us understand what this means. In Proverbs 11, it says, There is one who scatters, in other words, gives liberally. He doesn't hold back. He's generous. There is one who scatters, yet increases even more. And there is one who withholds more than is right, and it leads to poverty. In 1 Corinthians 10, it says, Let no one seek his own, but each one the other's well-being. In Romans 12, of course, it says, Rejoice with those who rejoice. We should be glad when others are blessed. And we should weep with those who weep. Philippians 2 says, Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. And, and we can have this attitude, and we can have this heart more consistently, I believe, if we are aware of our eternal reward. And we have an eternal perspective on the things and the possessions we have now by his grace and uh, the things that the Lord gives us. So in Genesis 15, the Lord said to Abraham, I am your shield and your very great reward. I am your very great reward. That was the promise to Abraham. And uh, I believe the only lasting cure to covetousness is in the eternal life that we have in Jesus Christ. And because of that, we can have a life lived uh, secure and joyful in uh, our reward even now, uh, which impacts how we look at the things that we might uh, tend to covet. And if he is our reward, and if he is the joy of our heart, if he is our treasure, then our hearts will not be focused or will tend not to be focused on what we or others have, uh, but on him. And we can use uh, those things then uh, to please him and to serve him. In Matthew 6, it says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So we should be asking ourselves, uh, where, where is my treasure, or who is my treasure? And what are my thoughts, and what are the longings of my heart? What, what do my thoughts tend toward? In Colossians 3, it says, If then you were raised with Christ, 
Seek those things which are above where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth, for you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Now, the treasures of the earth, you think of the treasures, the things that you would tend to treasure, the treasures of this earth are nothing compared to having the Lord as our treasure. And while he gives us things to enjoy, of course, in him now, and to use for him, it's good to remember that they will come to nothing someday and will be replaced, they'll be replaced by a city of incomparable beauty that will be full of amazing and useful things. And there we won't be tempted to elevate uh, possessions or things, uh, even wonderful things, above the lasting, our lasting reward and treasure, Jesus Christ. In Matthew 25, it tells the uh, story about the faithful steward. Well, there's two out of three faithful stewards who received this. This is the greatest commendation. Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. And may the Lord make us faithful in the things that we uh, have here, the things over which we are stewards that he's given us, and enable us to look forward to joy, with joy, to uh, rejoicing with our Lord and Master and our treasure, Jesus Christ. So we come to the table of the Lord to remember and rejoice in him who bore our sins in his body on the tree and who uh, died to, so that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. Jesus Christ is our treasure. He is our very great reward. Let's pray. Lord, forgive us for times when we make something or someone our treasure. You are our reward. And we pray that we would more and more look to things above and treasure our Lord Jesus Christ and live by the power of the Holy Spirit. We thank you for this means of grace in our lives, this ceremony to remember the cost of our salvation and to rejoice in our relationship with you, our Lord and our Creator. We humble ourselves before you in Jesus' name. Amen.